Hello, and welcome back to Thinking Caps. I am Tim Glom, VP of Content here at Cheetah Digital, joined always with my co-host, Richard Jones, our CMO. Good to be and, here. And this week, we have a special timely edition that we're coming to you. It's the end of June. There's so much going oh. on in the news right now. Um, you know, I heard a marketer earlier today, I think it was on Twitter, said, man, this is deja poo. Um, you know, there's just so much disruption going on. But let's dig straight in, Richard, because we put in a, together an agenda. We have a ton of things to share with our audience today. Why don't you go down our bulleted agenda list? Will do. So essentially what we're going to be talking about is marketers and the social media quagmire. One only has to open any kind of news, whether it be industry news or yeah. just general news, and you will see <laughs> a whole bunch of stuff going on, the social media uh, ad boycott. There's uh, lots of uh, new news coming out around privacy and disruption. Uh, so we're going to break all that down. We're going to first off kick it off by looking at a Forrester report that was actually released last month in May. Uh, it's okay to break up with social media. And specifically in that report, we're going to talk about uh, some points that Forrester make, which are you know pretty tough on uh, the community we serve. You know we're dedicated sure. to marketers, and they're saying that marketers are uh, somewhat culpable, if not very culpable, mm. in the state of social media. So we're gonna we're gonna come on to that. Yep. We're also going to talk about um, uh, the uh, trust economy, yep. um, which is something that Forrester is also talking about, which I think is an interesting thing to look at. Uh, the broader spectrum of what's going on and maybe give a view of what might be uh, the right thing to do for marketers in the future. Okay. We have to talk about Apple's IDFA um, announcement and disruption. Yep. Big, big news there Definitely. for anyone in ad tech. Uh, and then we're going to wrap it up and look at, you know, what's the consumer think about all this? What's their POV yep. on trust, privacy, and loyalty? Well, let's dig in, man. The first one on our, our bullet point is the Forrester report. You want to talk a little bit about what's in that Forrester report? I do, I do. And I think, you know, it, it, the temptation was to just jump in and talk straight away about the social media ad boycott. But I actually think, in many ways, this report, which sort of preceded uh, the kind of majority of traction uh, around that report. I mean, obviously, there was lots of campaigns going on for a number of different bodies uh, before then. But certainly some of the big announcements of the big advertisers joining the social media ad boycott, it's actually happened after the Forrester media report. Uh, it's OK to break up with social media and to give you a kind of con uh, a little bit of a stat in terms of how they think about the quagmire. 37% of US online adults believe that social media does more harm than oh good. Oh, boy. And only 14% believe the info they read on social media is actually trustworthy. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. Yeah, it's a, it's a sort of damning uh, statistic. <laughs> but I think what's probably more interesting um, about the report for us to kind of examine and look at is... is is the sort of um, accusations against our community that, 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 that marketers were somehow very culpable uh, for uh, a lot of that, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the situation we're in uh, today. Now, um, there's three things, there's three acquisitions, uh, accusations I want to dig into. But first of all, let's just sort of step back a little bit. You know, in the late 2000s, right, and the early 2010s, social networks like Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, etc., they were the hot club, right? We all wanted to be part of that as marketers. We all sort of jumped in. Sure. We didn't necessarily know what we should be doing <laughs> and how we should be jumping in, but we just knew yeah, yeah. we should be jumping in with both uh, feet. And now if you fast forward a decade um, and social networks are in a, you know, existential 
quagmire at the moment. Well, it's not existential, but it certainly is a period of, of, of real um, disruption where marketers are asking, well, society at large are asking some very fundamental questions sure. away, away, around these platforms and how we should be engaging with them and whether they're good for us as a society. So let's go back and look at those three things. What are the three okay. charges? The number one was that um, brands, marketers, were, you know, party crashing, right? <laughs> you know, we, we were never really invited to the social media party. Oh, you mean Facebook wasn't built for marketers? Uh, funny enough, no. Uh -huh. um, you know, it wasn't. Uh, but, you know, brands had and, 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 and still have, you know, real FOMO uh, of, sure, yeah, of, yeah. of the hot new thing. Um, and they certainly did back in, in, in uh, you know, early 2010. Uh, and that, that period when we were all really jumping into to Facebook and, and, and other social platforms in a really, really big way. Um, you know, brands invited themselves in many ways, according to Forrester, to join this social conversation by blindly propping up, you know, branded organic pages and accounts, even though audiences weren't really willing to interact with them on social media. Um, tellingly, uh, in 2020, only 24% of US online adults actually agree that it's cool to be associated with a company or brand on social media uh, on social media and when organic presences didn't work you know marketers binged on social advertising um increasing global social ad spend from 75 billion in 2018 to a forecasted 165.6 billion in 2023 now i was part of that Right. You, yes, know, I, you know, I was yep. absolutely part of that. So social media jumped in. I thought, actually, hang on a minute. This is a wonderful thing to change the way marketers have been doing this kind of mass push advertising to more of a conversation. Yeah, I was going to say from one to, one to many to the one to one. Yeah, yeah. I, I and, you know, and the, I, I founded a company called Engage Sciences, which you know ended up becoming way in and then was became Cheetah Experiences. And we were one of Facebook's earliest partners in uh, in Europe. Uh, we were actually invited by them to be a partner because they saw what we were doing with interactive experiences to engage consumers on other platforms, web platforms and stuff, and said, well, how about doing it in Facebook? And at the time, I was really, really intrigued because the narrative coming out of Facebook was... Um, traditional advertising is is just a one-way push model. It doesn't yep. really work. Yep. Brands need to be engaging more with consumers. It needs to be interactive. This is a new dawn of relationships between brand and consumers. And it, I thought it was a very noble thing. I think the very sad thing that happened really very quickly is the pressures of the money men took over. Oh, yeah. I mean, that algorithm switched like, uh, oh, man. I remember I was there. I mean, like any marketers lived through this has realized Facebook went from somewhere that was encouraging you to talk to your consumers to someone yeah. where they were telling you to pay yeah, to yeah, talk was, to your consumers. I mean, right? That wall came down like a prison gate, man. But not <laughs> only that, I think the ethos of what Facebook was about in terms of the relationship between brands and consumers totally changed. Yeah, fully. And it, and it was, no, we're, at, we're an ad network now. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, that in some ways is, is, a, is a, uh, an accusation which is, well, okay, we all live through it. Perhaps that's, that's fair enough. Um, but let's look at number two, right? Uh, Forrester says in the report that brands were clueless about what consumers want on social networks. You know, marketers aren't even clear on what kind of content audiences uh, content audiences want to see uh, if they must from companies. 68% uh, of US online adults 
don't think that brands or companies share interesting content on social media, indicating that brands have no sense of purpose on social networks of how or who they should be you know, catering their audience uh, to uh, and on, on how they're trying to woo them, which is, you know, it's, it's a damning stat. Um, but perhaps one could say that's somewhat connected to the journey that we've all been on a sure. social where we jumped in and we thought it was going to be something and it ended up being a very traditional uh, advertising platform. And we were kind of... St- Left there, <laughs> yeah. Trying to have a conversation that really wasn't happening because yeah. of, because of what Facebook did with the algorithm. Yeah, and and you know they did it themselves. And again, the interaction and everything that we had that was that was new and fresh from a marketing perspective, all went away. It all turned into you know blase, blase, blah blah blah. Same old you know advertising uh, disruption. So my my view is I don't think one and two particularly have um, as an accusation a lot of credence. I don't feel that the marketing marketers have actually. Uh, you know, done anything wrong. I think it's just the natural evolution of how we were interacting with a, a, a platform that had a lot of promise uh, initially. I think the third accusation is is one where we do have to look at that. And I think what we're seeing play out in the industry media is marketers' reaction to oh. the situation we're in. Oh, yeah. This is, this is total... I mean, what's going on right now is just... It's changing everything. And... Um, and this, this accusation, right, that, that we we are, you know, we're propping up the worst of society um, through, uh, you know, putting all our dollars in and around these platforms uh, has some credence, right? Social networks have developed negative reputations for failing to address issues such as fake news, sure. privacy violations we've talked oh, about. Oh, left and right. Left and right, uh, online bullying, um, addictive behavior, again, you know, we're, we're putting dopamine in the yeah, brain yeah, yeah. with the way that we uh, um, look at the likes and, you know, yep. the uh, uh, chase the validation, uh, chase the validation from our exactly. peers. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and what's that doing for mental health? There's a lot yeah. of studies out there right now. So, um, you know, that's that's all sort of a background, I think, which, um, you know, and, and sometimes brands are the source of this 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 toxicity i mean we have to we have to admit to it you know detox tea used uh, celebrity endorsements on social networks to misrepresent its health benefits according to this report from forrester you know the fire festival made a great uh, made it a was great a great netflix, netflix. <laughs> it was an awesome netflix show wasn't it but the way they use social media to drive the hype yeah, yeah, you know yeah. there, there are some issues there you know amazon i think according to this report really shocking really amazon launched an employee ambassador program to almost comedic effect when seemingly <laughs> planting ambassadors engaged in a Twitter war of words with company critics. Right? <laughs> you know, well, someone should have been shot yeah. uh, for that. For that. Um, and then, you know, even honest social advertisers aren't necessarily absolved according to the Forrester report. They fuel social networks with their advertising spend while asking for no safeguards for a healthy environment in return for society. And I think... That's the interesting thing that is coming to bear now oh, yeah. with the social media ad boycott um, that we that we see today, um, and I, you know, and there is a, there are other issues in and around that that marketers are having to kind of contend with. Um, you know, there's a lot of frustration with the wall gardens measurement models, right? Sure. Um, you know, social networks stubbornly uh, refuse to feed granular campaign level data. Uh, to companies, multi-touch attribution models that, although they'll ex- export their aggregated impressions and spend data to marketing mix models, that's been a big issue for a lot of marketers. Um, and maintaining these, this status quo actually empowers the wall gardens. Right, they're getting all the data and they're not sharing it with major marketers. Uh, in fact, they the the report talks about um, 
uh, Holland America, uh, saying that you know their biggest challenge is connecting the dots between social activity and offline cruise bookings, right? And you know that we've heard that many times from yeah. many advertisers. I mean, this our, our own customer, P and G. You know what's Mark Pritchard yeah, done? Yeah, yeah. He's built the database because he can't. You know he, the wall gardens are going to stay closed, and he's getting fed up with the the ability to to get the data they need to really understand what's going on with their 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 marketing, their advertising. What's really frustrating to me is this sniffs. Uh, I mean, again, back to the days. This is exactly what the television model, you know, the problems were. They had no multi-touch attribution. They had no real metrics. I mean, the people who own the set-top box of any given TV or the app or the smart TV, they have all the stats. They know how long you were on a show or actually watched a commercial or not from a pixel firing. And what's nuts to me is in this social media world, everything is digital all the analytics are there. They're just not being shared downstream to the advertisers. So. Right. So, um, you know, let's let's also look at another another uh, interesting stat I think they've got in the report. Uh, it's 41%, right? 41% of millennials and Gen Zers, right, who are the most active social media users, uh, already spend less time on social media than in the past. So it's not just marketers um, changing uh, their strategies, but we're also seeing some shifts in behavior yeah, around, around yeah. social social media, which I think is interesting. Um, yet there is this advertising mismatch with the data that we see in this report uh, and what advertisers are intending to do. Mm. So the AMA um, study found that social media use will fall or level off in the next three years. I think we're already seeing that. Yet confusingly, 68% of advertisers anticipate increasing their spend mm. so you know it does it does bring me back to that issue with is you know which we talked about quite a lot but did did you know facebook google etc did they create a world where it became easy for marketers right this hyper personalized content at scale in an era of very loose and fast data is now starting to uh, break away. We're seeing societal issues with the very platforms, the networks themselves. Marketers are worrying about reputational damage for not yeah. standing up oh, and yeah. actually trying to support a more healthy environment for our society. That um, I think it's clear social media isn't really necessarily uh, helping. I think I think that's clear. And, and I wanted to, to you know, a, a lot of what's going on in the media talking about social media and the social ad boycotts. Um, you know, it's it's. There's a lot talking around kind of hate speech and you know and free speech. You know, should certain politicians they're saying untruths be, um, you know, uh, should their posts be taken down? There's yep. a lot of stuff going on around that. And I don't want to get into the politics of that, but what I will say is the algorithm itself. I think it's clearly on social platforms making society a worse place because you consume food uh, uh, content in a tunnel. Right? It doesn't matter who you are, what tunnel you go down to, the algorithm basically will start feeding you the content that you're looking at and more yep. of it. Yeah, it just keeps laying out that track, that golden road based on you know, what you're already engaging with. And I had, you know, I, I'm 46 years old, my, my wife's similar age, um, you know, ed educated individual. And even with her, I had to say to her once, I was like, you know, <laughs> she'd sort of gone down a, a certain lane of politics and she was going on to social, you know, I was going on to social media and she was actually YouTube at the time. And, you know, she's looking at her homepage on YouTube. And it's just full of all this sure. similar thinking, right? This this very closed view of the world. And I was like, 
you do realize that that isn't a curated page of the internet yeah, by, the, by, by editors. Your right? neighbor next door goes to YouTube's homepage and it's a completely different experience. Completely right? different experience. Yeah. And whatever your lane you're going in, that's what you get fed because the only thing the social medias care about is eyeballs. They don't yeah, care keeping about you. Engaged. you. Yep. They care about your eyeballs. And if yeah. it makes you, turns you into a, you know, absolute nut job that sees the world in, in very, very sm small focus, um, they so might be not, it. Yeah, and they might not realize it. I don't think that, that, that people necessarily re understand what the algorithm is doing they, to them and their life. They absolutely do not know. And it's the known unknowns, right? They don't know what they don't know. And um, how many millions of, of just Americans, you know, we're going into an election cycle, are, are being fed into this and don't know that they're being led down that path. It's, it's a little scary. So, I mean, it's, a, it's good in a way. I think what we're seeing with the social media ad uh, 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 boycott, we're seeing, you know, a, a big movement take place. There's a number of different people behind it, of so, course. So right now we have AdAge uh, this week. It's all over. I mean, it was all over the homepage today. Today's June 29th. We're recording. You know, all these brands are getting behind this boycott. Unilever, massive global brand. Uh, Hershey's. Uh, Starbucks, Honda, uh, um, yeah, just the, the list goes on. It goes on and on. Yeah. And I think it will it will continue to grow because I think, you know, sometimes it's quite easy to see what the right side of history is. And I think we need to. And that's some of the quotes that you're seeing in here in some of these articles. If you go check out the Ad Age coverage of it, people do want to be on the right side of the industry uh, history. And that's what's what's um, what's inspiring to me is people are, marketers are starting to make the right decisions uh, based on the right information, not just to jump on some bandwagon. I mean, this really is a movement, so. And if and if you weren't con you know, convinced by the argument, well, apparently Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have uh, <laughs> allegedly been phoning up CEOs, getting them to, to, to you know, move for change with the, with the might of their dollars, which I think is, 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 is really interesting. And hopefully, you know, some good will come from uh, from this change. So I definitely support marketers for standing up and, and, and asking for a more healthy environment in our social networks and not necessarily wanting to be all in with their dollars to prop up, which I think is a fairly unhealthy environment right now. Certainly one that needs to be looked at in a number of a number of areas. So but but what's the real financial impact of this boycott? I mean, is this is this do you think that this is a statement or do you think that this is really going to put the, the hurting on these social network platforms? Because we have some stats around, you know, yeah, so look, far. It's, it's, the, the reality is, you know, the beast is so big. <laughs> if you're talking about Facebook and Google, yeah. it's even larger. Um, you know, they're, they're, these kind of actions aren't necessarily, they sound impressive, but they don't necessarily uh, are going to have much of an impact. I mean, we know that um, of the top 100 brands on Facebook, um, it only accounted for less than 66% of all Facebook's revenue last year, according to data from, from the ad, uh, advertising analytics firm uh, Pathmatics. Yeah. I mean, 6% is not a lot. Right? No. The majority of their revenue is coming from very small businesses uh, who are using their, their platform. Yeah, scale, yeah. Not the big guys that, that may collectively have had more of, a, of impact if... They were a bigger, bigger generation well, of the overall I, revenue. I think it's still. I think it's a. I think it's a massive impact. But look, we're dedicated to marketers. W what are marketers supposed to do around this? Right. Well, so I mean, you know, stop hate for profit uh, is a great campaign. There's many other bodies involved in it. Um, mm -hmm. But I, you know, I think at the end of the day, step back and it's like there is a problem here. Yep. We have to recognise it. It's not getting addressed. Um, it, it, you know, you can ask yourself as a marketer, is this something that you want to you know, watch from sidelines or do you want to get involved in? I do think we're in an environment where there's a lot of data that says that, 
you know, consumers will will vote with their their hearts and their minds. Their wallet will follow their heart. Right. So it's the time for marketers, I think, to stand up and be accountable for for issues and perhaps in a way it wasn't in the past. So one thing, you know, there's another article there where it talks about ad ages covering where are these dollars shifting? Right. And what I saw was interesting to me, expected, I believe. But even Eileen Fisher, you know, a, a large women's wear brand that's been around for a long time, has explicitly called out, hey, we're moving to other channels like email. We're moving to things that we can own. Um, so I think that's interesting too to watch not just the narrative the boycott who gets on board what kind of dollars are being pulled back from social media but where are those dollars gone so whole nother thing that we'll, we'll cover here in thinking caps and watch out where that goes well i think there's a there's a, another thing that uh we're seeing um forrester and a, and a few other uh, folks start talking about which is this concept of the trust economy sure which I, which I kind of like because i think you know we're seeing a number of different sort of moving parts going on but actually, for me, a lot of it can be pulled back to what do we stand for as marketers? You know, how do we actually treat our relationship with our consumers? Um, do we respect privacy? Um, yep. Do we, you know, do we do we do we hold ourselves accountable for the behaviour of the platforms that we put our money into? Yeah, yeah. You know, the the, the the trust economy I think uh, encapsulates a number of these things, which is really at its heart is. You know, what, what do we stand for and what, what kind of relationship do we want with, with consumers? Um, and I think with that, we have to include privacy in this whole, um, you know, view of, of what's the right thing for marketers uh, to, be, to be doing. And I think we had some, you know, major news uh, in the privacy arena that uh, came from Apple um, uh, uh, last week. Um, which was all around kind of what they were doing around the ID uh, FA, um, which if you thought, you know, f uh, the uh, Google's um, uh, news around kind of deprecating the cookie over over the, you know, in a, in a two, well, 18 month time frame now, yep, yep. Um, this is this is another level. So you're talking about the um, yeah the IFDA. Yeah, it's, it's sorry, it's another another. Oh, sorry, IDFA. Yeah, it's an it's another uh, level of of disruption. So, you know, uh, Apple announced new privacy changes right to its upcoming iOS 14 software that will significantly hinder how media buyers and brands target, measure, uh, and find consumers. Right, one change will make it harder for apps to track iOS users across different apps and websites. Another will actually make attribution, so determining which tactics contribute to sales or conversions, much harder for marketers, right? And these changes that were announced uh, last Monday at Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference apply to the company's identi identifier for advertisers, right? It's the IDFA. Yep. Which, and basically, for those who don't know, it assigns a unique number to a user's mobile device, right? Advertisers have access to the feature, feature and they use it in areas including ad targeting, building lookalike audiences, attribution, and encouraging consumers to download apps. Uh, and, you know, you've got you to think about this, right? I mean, when, you, when you're getting asked for permission and the permission saying, hey, would you allow company X to follow you across all of your websites, you know, uh, all of third-party apps, etc.? who's going to say no to that? And not only do you have to, they have to say yes, they have to say yes to it across every platform you engage them with. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. You know, I, I, it's killed it. It's killed it. This is such a yeah, hurdle to um, life as we know it and day-to-day -day operations as they are right now for ad targeting. It's, it's going to be nuts. And, um, you know, I, 
I presented to some grad students earlier or late last week in Pacific University, they didn't even understand how location apps and the data, you know, you have a great example of going to, you know, get a medical procedure and getting a hyper relevant ad instantly out of it. I mean, grad students didn't even understand all of this, you know, permission tracking and, and how that fed into their advertising platform. So, um, yeah, look at, think about it, right? This news from Apple, which is literally the death nail yeah. for, for so much of the ad tech uh, industry. It's, it's really, um, ad, ad age is an article and they call it a tectonic shift. Yeah, right? and, that it's, is, and that is not an exaggeration. It really, yeah. it really is. Yeah. But, you know, that's coming on top of, Google's announcement of deprecating the third-party uh, uh, tracking cookie uh, inside two years. It's coming on back of the uh, California Consumer Privacy Act, which actually begins enforcement on July the 1st. In, you know, it, 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 it's, it's on us. I mean, this, this, we've been talking about this shift for a while, but it just keeps getting bigger. So the question is, what, what do we want to do as marketers? How, what's the right way? How do, we, how do we actually ensure that our brand doesn't get caught up in this? Yep. What, what's the way that we can come out of this a winner versus uh, coming out um, you know, a, a loser being damaged by the lot of the disruption that we see? And you know, for me, it's go back and look at what are consumers actually telling us, right? And so um, the, you know, we, we talked a little bit about this in, in previous uh, uh, podcasts, but you know, we did uh, research with e-consultancy, um, six market piece of research, mm -hmm. looking at all of these consumer attitudes. And I just want to come on to some of those attitudes and just tie them into this conversation that we're just having now. So, right. We found in our, and, and that was all in kind of published in, in March. So it was in the yep. COVID-19 um, yep. shadow. Uh, so very relevant to what we're seeing today with uh, the disruption, uh, the social media ad boycott, et cetera. Consumers are turned off by personalized ads, right? We found that 39% of US consumers don't like personalized ads driven from cookie data, yep. right? So snooping, so tracking, you don't, you don't know where it's coming from. Center, yep. right? okay. In other markets, it's even higher. Australia, yeah, Australia. 44%, uh, et cetera. So a significant, we're almost getting to one in two people yep. that don't like you doing personalized ads, yep. right? Very, very or, or hyper-personalized ads yep. of data that they haven't actually willingly given you. Uh, we've seen the 70% of US consumers, right, don't trust social media platforms with, with their data because of privacy issues, right? Um, while 37% are doing things like regularly deleting cookies, 30% have installed an ad blocker. You know, this is loud and clear message that the trust economy hasn't existed and it needs to exist in order to get better relationships between brand and consumers. We've also seen the email beat social ads for driving sales, yep. right? Uh, 73% of US consumers have made a purchase from an email offer versus only 31% from a social media ad and 26 from a banner ad, right? Consumers are 42% more likely to engage with an email offer if it's personalized and we talk at length about how you get the data to do the personalization. We're great in, at that. In a way that doesn't tread on privacy toes and that's zero party data. Go look it up. Go to our website if you don't know anything about zero party data. This is all part of this disruption and this picture that is evolving that marketers need to, to, uh, to actually adapt to. And then the last stat that I want to talk about is, is, is loyalty. There's two stats actually with loyalty. Okay. Um, 30 uh, uh, consumers right, will be loyal if they're encouraged, right? And we found in the UK, 34% of consumers who may buy from a given brand claim they are not loyal 
to that brand because they were not offered any kind of encouragement they to remain even, loyal. They weren't even asked to be loyal. Yeah, there was no loyalty program. There was no consideration for how do I want to actually build a closer, closer relationship with that consumer over time and reward, have a mutually beneficial relationship to reward that engagement and, and, and increased CLV. The second stat is that we found that loyalty participation is on the rise. Uh, in the US, nine times as many consumers are planning to participate in more loyalty programs in 2020 than those planning to reduce participation. So let's unpack all of this. Sure. What does this actually mean? What is the right thing for consumers to be doing? And I think it's becoming crystal clear. It's time to look at where we're putting our money. It's time to hold the platforms and the social networks to account. It's time to understand that social advertising, whilst once might have been a great way to get hyper-personalized content out to people in a cheap way, ad rates have gone through the roof. Sure. Uh, consumers have been loud and clear saying that they are pissed off <laughs> with the amount of personalization, the misuse of their data that's, come, that's in, been encouraged by the Facebooks and Googles. And marketers have got to start now, I think, voting with their wallets and looking at uh, doing what Mark Pritchard at PNG is doing you know, and thinking about a different way. And that different way, I think, is clear from the data. You need as a brand, as a marketer, to unlock that consumer, that direct-to-consumer relationship, right? You don't want to be having to pay every time you talk to someone. The algorithms shut you out of being social on those platforms, right? You are pushing ads at people. How about turning, looking at the data, looking at the way that consumers think and feel about these issues and going, do you know what? I'm going to turn the unknown consumer into a known consumer, right? I'm going to build my marketing database. I'm going to understand my consumers not from snooping on them and buying dodgy data, but actually by um, asking them questions, learning about them, collecting zero-party data, that self-reported data that's been willingly shared by consumers, usually in return for some value exchange. I'm going to bring in all of the first-party data that I have around consumers as they're interacting with me as the brand, you know, POS systems, databases, looking at how they're interacting with your content, your web analytics, opening your emails. There's lots of different places you can get first-party data, which is far more beneficial in terms of the trust economy than, than buying dodgy data yep. or snooping on people. Yep. Um, through bringing all that data into one place and getting a 360-degree view of all of your interactions with the consumers, being out your first-party data profile and adding, augmenting that with your zero-party data, you can start to deliver very personalized one-to-one -one relationships with consumers um, in a far better way than you can by just dumping all of your dollars into you know, hyper-personalized content on, on social media and doing lookalike audiences and stuff, things that now are actually getting in, you know, infringing some of these changes in privacy. Um, and then I think, you know, ultimately, we need to think about what's the value exchange for a increased close relationship between brand and consumer over time. And that's the, the thing that's brought out in the, the research is that loyalty programs are the perfect framework to do that. Not sure. only do people want to get involved in more uh, loyalty programs, but it gives you that con construct to actually reward engagement, data collection, being the, the ambassador for the brand on social yep. platforms by sharing your content and talking about you and giving good positive reviews and all the rest of it. I think 
Social media will benefit from your customers saying great things about you. You know, your consumers, you know, batting for you, if you like. Yep. Um, concentrate on building your direct relationship with consumers. Concentrate on building out your loyalty programs. You know, Starbucks, one of the people that um, came out in, in terms of the social media ad boycott, has got one of the strongest loyalty programs in the world, right? You know, I think they're doing things the right way. Um, you know, North Face, actually, very, very interesting. One of the, they, they were- The first one, they kicked this whole ad they, boycott off they on kicked, June 19th. They, 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 they were the ones. They, they did indeed. And, and there's a, a great Forrester article uh, from the analyst Jennifer, Jennifer Liu, which is a, is a blog that you can go see on their website, which talks about that, saying, is, is North Face, you know, were they go, is North Face going to be the North Star? And this was 10 days ago, June the, yeah. June the 19th. And wow, was she, was, was she right? <laughs> you know, like the, the list of brands that have joined the social media ad boy boycott since then is um, almost, you know, overwhelming how quickly it's happened. Um, and, you know, the North Face, they're part of uh, VF, VF Corporation. We were just talking about um, VF Corporation uh, last week with the Loyalty Magazine Awards where, you know, Vans uh, won the uh, uh, best, best loyalty, loyalty program yeah. in, in, in the US uh, in those awards. And, you know, so... Is there a correlation here between the brands that are standing up to what we're seeing in terms of the social media quagmire and voting with their dollars and the brands that are also switched on enough to actually really foster those direct-to-consumer relationships and take back ownership yes. over their own customer base? And that's that's what I think the summation here is, really. It's it's own your audience, right? To your point, build it. Uh, we know that email is a, is a viable e-com channel. Um, we saw the stats in the report. You can get the report straight from our website. Um, and look, a lot of these advertisers are still going to continue. Facebook will eventually make the changes. They'll, they'll come up with something. Ad dollars aren't going to dry up, but you are more powerful if you take, and Mark Pritchard laid this out for everybody. You know, somebody in charge of seven plus billion dollars, the largest advertiser on the planet said, we're going to collect our own data. And when we want to go to any given wall garden, I don't care where it is, we're going to bring our attache and we're going to know more about our audience than them. So instead of going, hey, Google, hey, Facebook, can you reach these types of people? Or, you know, you've got these cookies. I don't know them by name, but I'd love to get in front of them. You're going to know them by name. You're going to be able to bring, you know, the data that you need to those wall gardens, do the advertising when you want to do it. So it makes total sense. It's crystal clear. Uh, you have to invest in yourself. You have to invest in your own data. Now, I've got, I've got a prediction, which is interesting. You say, you say that, that Put this on the Facebook, uh, you know, and, and it's not just Facebook. I don't want to super con on them. It's you know, plat That's, social, social yeah. networks that, that it may, maybe have gone a little bit awry, um, uh, it, uh, it, certainly over the, the issues that we've seen recently. When you say they have to change, I think what's interesting is the way for them to change, right, is for them to become the brand's loyalty programs. Hmm. But what marketer is going to trust Facebook yeah, right. to become, you know, their loyalty program now? Because, hey, guess what? It'll be free for the first uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. year. <laughs> and then you'll be paying through the nose. Yeah, $100 uh, a client. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I think they've probably busted their flush on, on taking marketers sure. through to a, a very big paradigm shift. Uh, yeah. as we're seeing right now, and, and then being trusted to be the ones that will, uh, you know, allow you the access without raiding your wallet. So I actually genuinely think there is no other way. You really, you know, you can't look to the social networks to solve this problem. You can't abrogate relationship, you, you know, uh, your relationship with your consumers to third-party platforms. You have yeah. to build it yourself. You have to think about the gamification, the loyalty programs to encourage people to come back to you. And you have to get the data 
from them in a transparent way. Yeah. Um, the relationship needs to be truly, truly mutual, truly, truly transparent. I think the trust economy is going to become a bigger and bigger thing, as will social activism. Uh, activism uh, in, in terms of uh, how, how, how brands, you know, put their their. Uh, uh, markers on the table and, and stand up for what they believe in. Well, you know, this is a tornado of a year, and let's not forget the things we're not talking about. Remember privacy regulation? We covered a lot of that in the beginning of the year. There was a lot of people, you know, Senator Gillibrand's trying to pass some federal regulation. That stuff's all there, people. COVID's happening, and Congress in the U.S. has shifted to, you know, funding and things like that, but it's going to come back. So you're going to have to deal with privacy regulation. Another great reason to own your own data, a one-to-one -one contract with every individual consumer that most likely will transcend any impending federal or new state regulation. So there are a million reasons why you need to start building your own database, investing in your own people. I, look, preaching to the choir, right? There's a lot of resources so, out there. So we're, we're, we're obviously going to cover this a lot, but I do want to talk a little bit about some of the assets that we have available. If, if you're watching, if you love what we're talking about, if you're in it, you want to learn a little more, I've got quite a few assets. First, we've got that Forrester report up at cheetahdigital.com. It's okay to break up with social media. All the stats that Richard and I uh, covered there. He's got some great graphs. It's not just superfluous. It's some really good stuff. Also, email, an incredibly viable channel. We have an amazing white paper that's really getting a lot of traction. Number one secret to smash your email marketing KPIs. And again, not just theoretical, we tell you how to do it. We give you the steps and the free strategy, how to do it. And we use actual client um, success stories. We're using real stats to show you how global brands are doing this today. And then we touched a lot on loyalty at the end here. We have a marketer's guide to building loyalty and why this is far more than points and discounts and you know what most people think of loyalty. And in fact, you know, check out some of the things that vans are doing, the, uh, the communities they're building with their loyalty, as well as Fleet Feet, an amazing one that I think was just quoted in Forbes earlier this month on how they put millions of runners uh, together. And uh, there's tons of resources on our website. So don't feel like you have to scour the web to go find this. Cheetah Digital is your one-stop shop for everything that we're talking about, all these topics you can dig into on a resources page. Yeah, and uh, I can't wait to see what next week brings. Oh, geez, <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Well, look, we're going to continue to do this. Do we have anything else we want to get out or we want to close this one up? We probably... Right, let's let's close this up. I think we, right. this is a passionate topic for yeah. us. I know it, it speaks to what we believe in, you know, in terms yeah. of what the right thing for, for, for marketers to do. And um, yeah, uh, let's see what, what happens in the next couple of weeks. This story is not done. Oh, no, this is just getting started. So, yeah, it is going to be interesting next week. You can always check out Thinking Caps on our website, cheetahdigital.com. You can always check us out on iTunes. Um, it's just simply thinking cap. So we've got tons of, uh, of guest speakers there, tons of topics covered. It's usually a couple a week. So there's plenty of content there. Richard, again, great to see you here in the studio. We're staying safe. Um, we'll see you soon. See you soon. See you soon. Thanks.